On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. He said, when you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your hosts. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would have to start with, to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus said to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers, or your relatives, or your rich neighbors, in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous." In some ways, the story we heard this morning, the one about feasts and places at the table, it isn't really about that at all. You might have noticed that this reading from Luke 14 contains a comma. Right in our bulletin, if you take a look, it says Luke 14, colon, verse 1, comma, verses 7 through 14. What that means is that our reading includes the first verse from the chapter, then it skips verses 2 through 6, and then it picks up again at verse 7. And it turns out there's a whole story contained in that comma, an important one. See, in verses 2 through 6, Jesus is walking to the house where he plans to eat, the house owned by a religious leader, and on his way, he meets a man whose body is swelling up. He has some sort of edema. He needs help. But it's the Sabbath, right? That traditional day of rest when you're not allowed to do any work. Just last week, we heard Jesus argue with the religious leaders about whether or not it's okay to heal on the Sabbath, to do that kind of work. This is the same situation. And Jesus asks them, is it okay to heal people on the Sabbath? He points out that they heal or help animals that are in need on the Sabbath. So why would they not help people who are in need? But they refuse to answer. And so Jesus heals the man and keeps walking. And our reading today picks up when he arrives at the house. He's watching as people are fighting to get the best seats at the table, the places of highest honor and status where everyone will see them. You can think of them as the opposite of Lutherans who love to sit, of course, in the back. (laughs) See, the rules were simple. 
The closer you sat to the hosts, the better the seats. And everyone would be able to see how important you were, how you were being honored, where you ranked compared to everyone. And I know that might sound a little silly, but the culture in which Jesus lived had no notions of equality. All of society was seen as this giant hierarchy with the most important and powerful at the top and the least important at the bottom, where it was fine to crush them. And your rank determined not just your economic situation, but your social standing too. So a meal like this one, which, keep in mind, was being held at the house of a religious leader, was an occasion to try to increase your standing in front of everyone by getting one of the best seats at the table. As Ron Burgundy said, everyone look at me and see how important I am. And I think this takes on new meaning when we remember the story in the comma, Jesus healing the man in need. Here was a group of religious leaders, people who already held power, who were expected to use that power to benefit others for the sake of others, and they're squabbling and trying to best each other to get the best seats so that everyone will give them more adoration and praise and attention. On God's holy day of rest, they're concerned with how to get ahead. They didn't lift a hand to help the man in need. They wouldn't even answer the questions Jesus asked when he stopped to help. They were happy to just ignore the man and hurry to the table. If you want a good definition for sin, this is it. Being concerned with ourselves, our status, our position, our power. And here's what that does. It blinds us to the needs of the people around us. While these religious leaders were playing games, there were people nearby with real problems. Things that kept them from living whole, healthy, good lives. And that was so much more important than where someone gets to sit at a table. Now, many people have reduced this passage we heard to like a, a Dear Abby column where Jesus talks about proper etiquettes. But it's about so much more than that. This is about our human tendency to be constantly concerned with how others think of us, with our position and status and reputation and standing. This is about the constant internal pull of pride that tempts us to focus on ourselves, to always strive to get ahead, to care about looking good and being adored, even when it comes at a cost to other people. This is Jesus calling us to lives of humility. Which I gotta say is really hard. You may have noticed that our culture does not support or reward humility. Instead, we tend to lift up and admire those who are the loudest, 
the most bold and brash, the most arrogant and full of themselves. We don't celebrate or even hear much about people living out lives of humility and service, people who work quietly and faithfully in the background, avoiding attention and accolades, people who give and sacrifice without making a big deal about it or expecting praise, people who do things simply because they are righteous and gracious and helpful without any concern about who sees it or what they'll get in return. But today, Jesus tells us that those are the values of God's kingdom. Humility and service. And I think the best that most of us can say is that by God's grace, we're working on it. Emmanuel is filled with exceptionally humble people, by which I mean people who exhibit, in my opinion, exceptional humility. And in our best moments, I think most of us are trying to be less prideful, less consumed with what others think of us, less concerned with image and status, less hungry for power and privilege. But we still feel the pull of those things, don't we? Because we're human. And there's something in us that is drawn towards being selfish and self-absorbed. And also because this culture around us is constantly trying to teach us that, that rather than being something to seek, humility is a weakness to avoid. And rather than being something to avoid, that pride itself is a virtue. We need God's help to live countercultural lives of humility. And I say this as someone who is full of pride and ego, arrogant about my own abilities, wanting to be adored caring far too much what other people think of me. See, this parable forces us to face some uncomfortable truths about ourselves, to ask some uncomfortable questions, like which seats do we take at life's many tables? What kind of company do we keep, and who do we invite to sit with us in life? As I read this week, where we sit speaks volumes And the people whom we choose to welcome reveals the stuff of our very souls. This parable makes us wonder, whose attention and praise are we seeking? Who do we consider beneath us? And how can we change that? Who do we consider above us? And how can we stop striving? Whose needs do we care about the most? And while I've spent this whole sermon telling you this story isn't really about feasts and seats at the table, I also want to tell you that's exactly what it's about. See, throughout the gospel, one of the images Jesus uses to talk about God's kingdom is the image of a meal, a big meal, a giant meal, a feast that we're invited to. 
That's what God's kingdom is like, Jesus says. And the good news is that God's meal, God's feast, God's banquet is nothing like what this world knows. God's table is all about God's mercy and love and grace. And we're going to see that this morning as Rosalind is baptized. Lindsay, Tanner, I'm sure she's a great kid, but she's done absolutely nothing to get into God's kingdom. What a slacker. (laughs) She has no social standing, no wealth, no power, nothing to offer back to God, and yet here God is reaching out to her with grace and love and mercy that never ends. See, at God's table, any sense of entitlement or pride or status is washed away. We're invited to this meal by God's grace, and we all come the same way, in need. At God's table, we don't get to decide or determine who gets the best seats, and we certainly don't need to compete for them because there's space for everyone. One of my favorite theologians put it this way, God's kingdom is not a kingdom of scarcity. It is one of abundance. We're all are already welcome, already loved, and already cherished. The currency of that kingdom is humility, not arrogance. Generosity, not stinginess. Hospitality, not fear. The table at the center of that kingdom has so many seats, all of them premier seats, all of them first-class seats, all of them honorable seats, so many seats that we don't have to scramble and exhaust ourselves to secure a good spot anymore. This morning, we give thanks for God who already loves us, already welcomes us, already cherishes us. We give thanks for Jesus who came to show us God's grace and mercy and to draw us into God's kingdom. We celebrate this grace being extended to Roslyn and pray for her life to be full of faith and love. We dare, we dare to set down our constant drive to get ahead, our ever-present pride and ego, our desire for power and status and admiration, daring to protest the culture around us and instead find freedom by embracing lives of humility and service. And we remember that living our faith means constantly inviting to the table anyone who is being left out. Amen.